You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday. We are back doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team Every day, I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverine's Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. If you're watching on video, then you can see we're starting to fill out the space just a little bit, just a little bit. Just went and got some more stuff from Ann Arbor, my storage unit. It's starting to, <laughs> there are boxes everywhere and the garage is full of stuff. We're still a long ways away from, from having this house anywhere close to complete, but nonetheless, uh, speaking of incomplete houses, the opposite of that seems to be in case of Michigan, particularly, I mean, really either offense or defense, but Jesse Mentor appeared on the In the Trenches podcast today, which is why uh, I don't have this episode out by noon as I had hoped because listened to and transcribed that. I thought he had some interesting things to say. I mean, not anything like that was particularly different from what we necessarily heard in the kind of pre-spring like the after the first couple practices or whatever but uh it, it confirms a lot of the things that we had kind of hoped so we're going to get into some of that stuff uh there was a little bit of a twitter I'll, I'll, i called it a kerfuffle between i think his name is ian moore and uh from the ohio state commit from new palestine indiana is a four-star offensive lineman uh he got into it with a couple of other michigan linemen um, I want to discuss that just at least briefly, and then we'll see where we go from there. So let's get into the Jesse Minter comments. He he ran down the the bulk of the defense, and really there's only one place that you, you sit there and say, eh, I don't know, and that's cornerback. Like he, he broke down the safeties, and he's like, well, I mean, he didn't get into any more than the three deep there that they already have. Uh, you know, he spoke very briefly on Rod Moore, Makari Page, and R.J. Moten, uh, two guys being kind of more firmly entrenched in R.J., as he put it, being a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, so I, I think that that's, that's pretty set, right? Linebacker he got into, pretty set. We'll get into that a little bit deeper in segment two. Or maybe now, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, why I'm pushing that forward. Um, I had some machinations in my mind of how this was going to go without really thinking it through. Um, the the line, you know, as far as edge rusher, a lot of confidence there, uh, a lot of different things that he had to say. Uh, but I think that uh, the corner is the one place where it's a little bit murky, right? Like he mentioned with Amarion Walker, he said he was like, yeah, um, spring game might have been the best case scenario in a way. Not because of what he was able to do, but because of what he wasn't able to do. Because what that does is it tells him, all right, I'm not there yet. He said it was kind of the same thing as Will Johnson game one having a touchdown thrown on him. In a way, it's like, yeah, you're, you're not there yet, man. And he, like he said, if Amarian Walker ends up winning that role, then everything is, you know, like it'll probably have some similar scenarios early in the season. Which for Michigan, guess what? That's fine. The schedule sets up very well for that, just like last year. They aren't thrown to the wolves. They don't, they don't have to, to be ready for a week one or week two showdown against somebody in the same way, right? Like they can, they can make some mistakes uh, early on because really not until mid-October 
Okay, late September, early October, you you better be on your P's and Q's because you're going to Nebraska and then you're going to Minnesota. But that doesn't mean you have to be like at a championship caliber type. Not that it even you necessarily even know early in the season, right? We've seen that before where you think that things are really good and maybe they're not. 2013, Notre Dame. Uh, 2017, Florida. 20, uh, what was it? I don't know. I, I lost it after that, but, you know, and then sometimes it's, you know, it's the inverse, right? It's 2016, Colorado. Sometimes those early games don't necessarily tell you what you think that they're telling you. Um, but nonetheless, just the fact that they don't really have uh, the bulk of their schedule, the meat of their schedule until late Michigan State mid-October, Penn State and Ohio State in November, Maryland as well, sandwiched in between those two. That gives Marion Walker the ability to kind of grow into his role. Now, Jesse Mentor also praised, uh, he said, Jaden McBurrows and Keyshawn Harris both looked really good. Miles Pollard in spring ball. And, you know, said that having Mike Sainer still, that means that they have an opportunity to, you know, maybe flex him in and, and all of that kind of stuff. So we will see as far as that's concerned. I, I, I don't think there's any reason to be concerned unless it is a full-on debacle by the time you get to that uh, Penn State game. Because you don't necessarily need a high-flying secondary until I would say those last three games of the season. I mean, maybe Nebraska, maybe. But like Indiana's gotten away from being uh, pass happy. Michigan State might try to be pass happy. I don't know. We don't really know on a year to year basis what Michigan State really is because they change their entire team every year. So a little bit of the caffeine in here. Um, so that that's probably the one place of concern, but everywhere else feels pretty good. We finally got some a deep dive into Derek Moore, which I want to get into here. Why don't I, I open the window and then close it? That doesn't seem like a lot of good foresight. Um, so Derek Moore, I want to talk about him for a second. So I'm right. We will get some linebackers next segment because we'll we'll finish out with Derek Moore on this segment here. So he was asked very specifically, and he said, Derek can be as good as Derek. The best part about Derek is he has the mindset to be a really, really high-end dominant player, and then his skill set and his physical tools match up with that, so he has a chance to be a high-high, high-high, high-end draft choice one day, high-end player productive. He's just got to stay on his process, stay on his progress that he's on. Coach Herb does a great job with him. He's completely focused and has a really good mentality of where he wants to go, and he takes it out on people in the field, so it's really exciting to see him along with the rest of the group. So that's really the first time that we've heard about Derek Moore uh, so far in this uh, in this offseason. So that's encouraging. That's exciting. And I'm excited to see what happens there, right? Because Michigan's going to need him. Now, he did speak on Jalen Harrell and Braden McGregor, mentioned a couple other uh, defensive ends as well. guess we'll continue for a second here. Uh, he, he, he was saying that Jalen Harrell is a little bit underrated, right? Because like what he's been able to do and he's talked about like the Ohio state game and, and making that big play, uh, against Cade Stover, uh, to, to break up the ball, uh, break up the pass and everything like that. And going down three into the, uh, into halftime allowed the defense to regroup and do what it needed to do 
but he was t- talked about just like kind of how he's underrated. And then he's very excited uh, about Braden McGregor, what he is able to offer. He's excited about uh, a couple other guys. He said like, you know, TJ Guy and uh, Keyshawn Harris, sorry, not Keyshawn Harris, Keyshawn Bennett. So many Keyshawns. Rayshawn, Keyshawn. Uh, Keyshawn Bennett, uh, that they've taken that step. And he said, the thing I love about Michigan is you have these guys that are just kind of absent, right? And then in their third year, even though I believe this is their fourth, uh, this is TJ Guy's fourth year. So then suddenly, like, the coach herb of it all shows up. And it's like, oh, now this guy's a monster. And that's what he's seeing from those guys. So there's a lot to really like about that. But we're going to get into the interior defense, what he kind of had to say about that. We're going to get to the linebackers, which I think is really important. And it's just it feels night and day different than what it did before. Um, They also got into Josiah Stewart. So that's what we'll start out with is Josiah Stewart and what he brings. And then we'll get to the, uh, the defensive line and then we'll get to the linebackers and then we'll move on to the Ohio State stuff. See? It all works out. It all figures itself out. We'll do that momentarily. Before we do that, Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. I will tell you what, I am excited that the sun is out. My neighbors are getting their roof done. I can see it right here through the window that you can't see. And they're not making all kinds of noise like they were yesterday while I was doing the podcast. That was extremely distracting. But it's it's back up to almost 50 degrees after we had that wonderful November interlude in the middle of April. It's sunny, not depressing. I'm exhausted from continually going back and forth to Ann Arbor, which is about 45 minutes away uh, from here. And uh, moving stuff out of the storage unit and then moving it back in and all, you know, all that all that kind of stuff. I just wish that someone could like figure everything out, build out my storage shelving downstairs and like put everything away for me. I'm, I don't have that luxury because, um, yeah, moving can be exhausting. It's not all just the move moving in and out. It's partially the getting things in place. And I've got furniture in my garage. I need to like refinish before I bring it inside. And how am I going to get it inside? I don't know. All that kind of stuff. So anyhow. All right, Jesse Minter continued on. Let's continue on with uh, what he had to say about the edge rushers. He said a lot of great things about Braden McGregor, but we've already kind of heard everything that he had to say. But we got a little bit more uh, of some insight on Josiah Stewart and like how he'll get to be deployed. This is awesome, actually. So he says, Josiah Stewart, I'm really excited about him. So transfer portal edition, Coastal Carolina, true freshman year. 12 sacks, second year they moved his position. I know actually the D coordinator at Coastal is a good friend of mine. They moved him to a different position. He had a little bit of some injuries he kind of battled. Second year wasn't quite as productive, but when you watch his tape, he plays the way that you want guys to play. Really, really physical. He's in a baseball term. Like he's our changeup in a sense of he's six foot, maybe six one, not as big and as long as the other guys. I mean, it is kind of crazy to think of an edge rusher being like my height. 
right? I'm six one. Uh, but he has different skill set as a rusher. And so when a tackle has to block Braden one play, Derek the next play, Jalen the next play, and all of a sudden you throw Josiah at him. And keep in mind, Braden's like six six, Derek's like six five, Jalen's like six four. Uh, all of a sudden you throw Josiah at him. There's some good versatility there among those four guys. So I was really happy with this spring, how productive he was. The thing I really enjoyed about him, he and Mikey had a previous relationship. They went to the same high school in Everett, Massachusetts. And the kid just dove right in. Unbelievable mindset. Worker has changed his body already since being here and just really fits the culture really well. Same thing with Ernest. It's really exciting, again, for the amount of uncertainty that there kind of is at, at uh, on the defensive line. There's also no uncertainty in a way because you, you kind of have that faith that there's going to be a bunch of guys that are going to be able to step up. Uh, and it's it's unlike kind of what you would think maybe with like a quarterback or some others. And I, I this is probably why people trust Ohio State, right? Because they're used to, we went through that lineage, right? Going from Troy Smith to, uh, to uh, Todd Beckman to Terrell Pryor to, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, so people just have faith that that quarterback position is going to work out for them, right? Whereas with uh, the Michigan defensive ends, I kind of feel the same way, right? I mean, I think I probably was a little bit more skeptical last year because you lost both Aiden and David all at once. And I know that that's kind of how it's gone. You lost Taco and Chris Wormley at the same time. You lost Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary at the same time. But you kind of usually have had a better idea of, like, who's ready. But we have kind of seen, right? Braden McGregor had those same kind of flashes uh, that we saw from like Chase Winovich in 2016, you know? Uh, so you kind of have those feelings like, okay, that guy's going to be probably pretty good. Jalen Harrell's a returning starter and has had those flashes and those moments. And you, you, even though it feels like he's been around forever, he really is only, he just started for the first time this last year. And guys get better with experience. We talk about that all the time. And then you add in, Derek Moore entering into his second year, Josiah Stewart, and then some of these other guys, former four-star and Keyshawn Bennett, who's seemingly coming on, TJ Guy, who we've seen since 2019, uh, gets some of those opportunities. Or is it 20, not 2019? Was it 2019? I feel like he came in in 2019 against Maryland. I, I think that's, that's right, maybe? I don't know. Memory. But I said we're not going to talk about my memory. Because uh, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, uh, interior defensive line. Before we get to the uh, before we get to the linebackers. I mean, again, it's lots of praise for Chris Jenkins. He he mentions Mason Graham for all of a sentence. Here's what he said about Rayshon Benny, a guy that's maybe improved most improved in the last year since I've been here is Rayshon Benny. I mean, he's a guy that I thought made some really big plays late in the year. He gets pressure on Stroud that causes him to throw a pick, which we've talked about ad nauseum on this show. All these guys have now made some plays, and now there's just a different level of confidence that they have now, and every time they go out there, they feel like they can make plays. Uh, he talked briefly about Kenneth Grant, saying that he's a monster in the middle, could has a chance to be a really dominant, dominant type of player here. Then he says, I've been really, really proud and really excited about Cam Good and the improvements he's made since the end of the season, that he's putting himself in a position to really be a contributor here as well. So that that's five, and that's what we've talked about. And we'll see if a guy, when he gets on campus, a guy like Trey Pierce can infiltrate that and become that next freshman. So the linebackers are where I want to leave off here with the uh, – with the Jesse Minter of it all. So naturally he talked about junior Colson. 
Uh, the first thing he says about him, I think, is pretty incredible. He says, Junior has as high of a ceiling of anybody on our defense. We've had a lot of talks about that, and so I think it's time for him to not just become like, oh, he's a good player, and he flies around and makes some plays, but he needs to become the guy that everyone knows who he is, where he is, that he can wreck the game. He's capable of doing that, and I'm confident that he'll continue to progress to that standpoint. Said some good things about Mike Barrett, um, and uh, said like uh, about Ernest Hausman kind of pushing both of them. Uh, I think that the important thing here, though, is uh, Nakai and then the, the the depth. So with Nakai Hill Green, he says, I thought he progressed well this spring. I think not necessarily like to get healthy, but just to regain all the way back to where he was and surpass where he was there. He knows he's got a lot of work to do still, but the fact that he was able to make it through and get reps and kind of provide that value that we know he provides, those four we feel really good about. So that's as in Junior Colson, Mike Barrett, Nakai Hill Green, and Ernest Houseman. So then you have the depth, and we we got uh, the one name I've been kind of waiting to hear a coach say, and that's Jaden Hood. He mentioned Jimmy Roller, Micah Pollard, and Jaden Hood. He didn't necessarily give any kind of extra, but like he said, the the good thing about that that trio is it's who's going to be that fifth guy that's going to go out there. I mean, I think you can get down to six, right? So you know, maybe two of the three. Because I think Jimmy Rolder is probably going to be that fifth guy, but maybe he's getting pushed. And Jaden Hood entering year three needs to take that step forward. Four-star linebacker from Florida, man. I mean, come on. Jimmy Rolder, the next great, uh, you know, Big Ten linebacker. And then Michael Pollard, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, if the, uh, the legacy, if that can work out, right? So, I don't know. I think it's exciting to see... Uh, to see where that group can go but i mean the fact that you're you're have we're having these conversations kind of throughout the entirety of the defense right at every position really except for corner where it's like i i don't know how that guy's going to get on the field because there's all these other guys or that guy's going to get on the field but he's also behind these other guys or that guy's got to fend off that other guy for, for being that the defense is the side that lost the most right it, it's it kind of in an offensive line type territory. And then you add in the fact that this is the third year of the defense, the second year of Jesse Minter. Jesse Minter spoke about the importance of like, hey, now I know who everybody is. I don't have to get acclimated. I know who everyone, who everyone is and what they can do, where they can go. That's very important. So very excited about the defense. Let's get to this weird little internet fight <laughs> that happened. Uh, we'll do that here in a moment. nice looking at my little screen here and I still don't have the lighting very well here as we don't have the overhead lighting I don't have as many lights up as I did in the studio and whatever and this is just our temporary space until I can afford to uh you know build a room for scra from scratch I mean not from scratch it's down to the studs but I need insulation drywall uh flooring yada yada and then and then designing and all of that kind of stuff it ain't cheap, man. I think I, I spent like two or three thousand dollars designing the old studio space. This is no design. This is just lights and now a bookshelf. And for those who listen, you don't care. You just are listening. More people listen than watch still, I think. So, but I act like everyone watches because that's where y'all see me anyway. All right. So let's get to this weird little Twitter thing. So, uh, Ironically, while we've been doing the show, he uh, uh, Hayes Fawcett from On3 just posted about South Carolina maybe having the best offensive line class at the moment. 
but he, last night he posted like, okay, Michigan, Ohio State each have four offensive line commitments each. Uh, Ohio State has a four-star Ian Moore, two four-stars in the Armstrong Twins, and three-star Mark Nave. Michigan's got uh, Andrew Sprague, Blake Frazier, uh, Luke Hamilton, and Ben Roebuck. Again, three four-stars and a three-star. I think Ben Roebuck is a four-star on what rivals. I'm going to look that up real quick. I, I, I've been referring to him as four four stars, but, you know, it's technically, if you're being consistent, it's three four stars. Okay, he's a four-star on rivals, so um, that is what it is. Nonetheless, um, so Ian Moore, the aforementioned Ohio State interior offensive lineman, decided to quote tweet that and some people make decisions and sometimes it's the right one. Sometimes it's the wrong one. And I understand having your guys. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. It's just the, what he said and kind of the way he said it, that kind of started this, right? If he was just like, Oh, it's going to be us. You know, I have faith in my guys, you know, or like, Oh, you know, it's just us, you know, Hey, Michigan, we're, we're going to get you, you know, but here's what he said. He said, come on now, hate to start beef, but now, Anytime you use the word but or however, it basically precludes anything that you said before it. So hate to start beef, but two of those dudes are salty. They didn't get OSU offers and the other two just didn't get them. I've been to camps with everybody on that list except for Mark. Mark's a dog, though, and he's talking about Mark Nave, the Ohio State commit, and the Blake kid, and I can tell you the Bucks are on top. Okay. Okay, so we're going right into the, the 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 you didn't have an offer from Ohio State is a very similar rallying cry from uh, to the Michigan State. You did you go to school at Michigan? So it's a little bit different, right? Because this is a guy who has an offer from Ohio State who doesn't have an offer from Michigan. He, which he noted later, he's like, "Oh, I also don't have an offer from Michigan." So it's kind of like, "All right, so what are you doing here?" Ultimately, it doesn't really matter because, like, I went back and looked, and out of all of the linemen that Michigan's had on these Joe Moore award-winning lines, the only two that had Ohio State offers were Trevor Keegan and Zach Center, right? And I'm sure that there are a lot of the Ohio State guys, like, you know, obviously Nick Petit-Frere had a Michigan offer, and uh, I, I don't know that Jawan Jones did. I, I, I know he visited Ann Arbor, but it didn't really seem like Michigan was really that into him. Um, so, so it's kind of a different strokes for different folks, right? Like not everything is going to be exactly the same. I know offensive lines do similar things, but you're also, you Michigan's obviously more of a power run game or Ohio state's more of a air raid ish type off, you know, offense, you're going to have a different style. So that's where it's kind of like, there's that number one, number two. Um, again, I get defending your guys. I think that's admirable to be honest, but like at the expense of number one and are starting the fight against Michigan, it just seems a little ridiculous. And that's not the, that's not the only thing he said, right? This is, if that was it, then it'd be like, okay, he's defending his guys. Got a little jab at Michigan. It is what it is. Then it was kind of funny because at the same time, around the same time, uh, Jacob Oden posted a picture of him and uh, Tennessee four-star athlete Boo Carter both doing the M with their hands. And he was like, you, you know, join the, you know, you know, the move type thing. And then Boo Carter quote tweeted it saying like, join the Michigan family. 
And Ian Moore decides to quote tweet that and say, come to a real program that will actually develop you and put a bunch of uh, almonds, <laughs> almond emojis, you know, obviously nuts or whatever. And so Boo Carter is projected as a defensive back. So naturally that got a bunch of clips going from Michigan fans more so of the uh, Michigan secondary or sorry, Michigan wide receivers blowing past all these Ohio State uh secondary players in the last two games. Uh, so uh, that's fun. Uh, one of the people who responded to that was uh, Luke Hamilton. Uh, I don't think I grabbed that here. I didn't grab that here, but he's like, he said like, wait, you, you develop your secondary and Boo Carter, Boo Carter actually responded to that. He didn't respond to, to uh, Ian Moore. He responded to, uh, to, to Luke Hamilton. And so clearly that they're building a rapport, the Michigan side, whereas this Ohio State commit is trying to force himself in there and it doesn't seem to be working. Uh, so then the Michigan commit started to respond. You got Ben Roebuck, who says always comes down to not having that offer. Michigan's got the better offensive line and better coaches. As of current, that is fact, right? Like it, on the field against Ohio State, yes, two time Joe Moore winning, you know, Joe Moore award winning line, even with guys like walk ons like Andrew Vistardis and stuff like that. And you could sit there and say, like, oh, well, we've got the four star, we got this, and we got the five star, blah, blah, blah. It, it all that matters is the execution in the actual games, not what you do in high school. And Ben Roebuck kind of points that out. He says, always comes down to not having that offer. Michigan's got the better offensive line and better coaches. Seems like I wasn't missing out on much. Ian Moore decided to respond to that by quote tweeting an, uh, an article from uh, a little over a year ago where the headline is Ben Roebuck, uh, the number four OL, says Ohio State offer this weekend would be a life highlight. As if that's a gotcha. You know, it was well, you know, about a year before he committed to Michigan. And then Ben Roebuck responded with a, uh, with a Bryce Marich tweet saying that Ben Roebuck or, or Ian Moore raves about his weekend experience at Michigan. I really like it. Ann Arbor is a beautiful city. Michigan has a great tradition and a great school. So it, it's, I mean, recruiting fodder is just ridiculous. Uh, I think the best one goes to Luke Hamilton, who responded to the original tweet from Ian Moore and says, let me step back and grab some popcorn because this is comical. If you take rankings out of the picture, Mark Nave is the best O-line commit y'all got. Nate Bige, let's get you that you didn't even have an offer. They didn't even want you comments going. It's, uh, I mean, it's true. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And the thing is, this is all fun, honestly. Like, this isn't like, and I think sometimes some of you, I, I know I'd have a little bit more of a dry delivery because sometimes I get these comments like yesterday, like, oh, you're so upset about the ESPN rankings. I mean, I was, I was a little, not miffed, but I was like perplexed, right? Like, I'm not mad at any of this. None of this is making me mad at all. I think it's all in good fun. But it really is kind of like, why poke the bear, especially when that bear at the moment is owning you, right? Like, we're not looking at this as a situation where Ohio State's offensive line has been the dominant force. Michigan can't get past them. And that's been, the, you know, and that's been the issue for Michigan. No, it's been the opposite. The the offensive line for Ohio State has faltered terribly in the last two years. And before any Ohio State fans say, oh, hey, the first half, we did really good. Okay, that, what happened in the second half? Because you got worn down. Earlier in this show, I thought we mentioned Sean Benny 
and I've mentioned it also uh, a bunch of times, Braden McGregor, those guys breaking into the backfield and causing havoc because the line broke down in the second half. It, it's just it's just self-awareness and don't poke the bear, right? Because those guys are going to remember that now. They already remember they don't have Ohio State offers, but guess what? It doesn't even matter. Development matters. Not if you have an Ohio State offer. It's development and how well you play in a game. Those are the things that matter the most. And ultimately, though, all that said, it's all fun. This is what the rivalry should be. I ain't mad at any of it, but it's fun to talk about. Certainly, there's going to be some some comments cheering and jeering. I probably won't read any of them. Maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see. That's going to do it for us today. Mailbag is tomorrow. So get your questions in on Twitter. Uh, Respond to my tweet. Uh, And we'll get to that. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. Peace.